and welcome to Tally SC Talk here, episode 23. Coming to you here, of course, fresh off a game for Jacksonville, our first home game, first NPSL game of the season. Uh, so some big time stuff, a lot of things to talk about. Andrew Jupe joined alongside Trent. Trent, how are we doing today, big dog? Excellent, man. What a great weekend. All-time high. That was an electric crowd out there at the Gene Cox Stadium Saturday night. So just excited to get our first result ever against the Armada U23 team and excited to go into week two, man. How are you? Absolutely. We're doing great, man. Echo those sentiments completely. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, big-time episode. We're going to try to keep it quick, kind of keep it brief. Unfortunately, no player-coach interviews here today, uh, so you're just going to have to grind through it with just us, but we're going to have those set up for next week. we got a short work week ahead of us here this week, and we're trying to turn this bad boy around, but lots of excitement. Let's recap the Jacksonville game. We'll talk about our stars of the game, and then we'll get into a little Roots preview. There's not much on our Panama City, friends, but it's an 8-5-0 cup game, a big-time stuff trying to get us rolling. So come right back on the other side of the break. We'll get this thing started. All right, welcome back. So let's get into the recap of the Jacksonville game. Obviously, TSC coming away with a big 2-2 tie versus the Jacksonville Armada down at Gene Cox Stadium. Trent, 2-2 result for you. First implications, first thoughts here coming off the rip right after still riding that high, like you said, of the Jacksonville game this weekend. Talk about riding that high, man. I have not taken this jersey off since the game Saturday night when I was wearing it in the booth with you. Uh, but a great game, dude. We came out, scored in the 13th minute. Cousin Cy, first you know appearance with the club. I mean, he hasn't even been to training. He he shows up, he warms up, and 13 minutes in, he scores. And you know that's kind of his mo. That's what he does. And we needed it. And obviously, we took a, a one nil lead into the half, and and you know traded a couple goals in the second. We were up two one, and ended up getting to two two late with a PK. But um, you know, just incredible to to be in a position where we had them on the ropes for once. Last mm-hmm. year, you know, we scored a goal late from Cole Red and. We were down just a goal with a couple minutes left, but you know, pretty much that whole game they dominated. And this game, they had to fight for it, and they actually, you know, were kind of on the the back burner trying to get one back against us and, and <laughs> just get a draw. So, you know, it it felt really good to to control a match and and especially in front of our home crowd to give those fans something uh, a product that they deserve to see. And man, they really came out on firing on all cylinders Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And let's keep it big picture, Trent, because obviously you talk about the brand and kind of the club growing still in only its third season of play here in 2022, only the second season here in the NPSL. Still trying to get a foothold in football country here, Trent. Kind of an obscure organization is TSC as we're still trying to gain support and hype them up. One of the reasons we got the podcast going, Trent, is to get the word out there. These guys are rock stars. It's a fun team, great organization, fun atmosphere on Saturday nights, Trent. Um, But what were your thoughts about the first goal? Um, How does that help? Or what are kind of the impacts of that early goal and going up on Jacksonville? As you compare it to last year, you know, people who came out to that first game they saw 2 nothing for the majority of the game, and they might have left if they got younger kids and everything, and they may not have seen that payoff. Um, but what's the contrast of it here in the 2022 season, and what does this look like big picture here for TSC? 
Yeah, great question, Jube. So you come out and you score a goal in the first 13 minutes and you're playing at a very high intense level and you keep that lead, a 1-0 lead throughout the halftime. And so immediately these fans, if they've never been to a game before, they're seeing a goal. You know, soccer is, is a sport that doesn't always have scoring and, and us as Americans, we like to see, you know, points on the board and, and see goals in the back of the net. So to get the crowd hyped up, to get everybody fired up and to get the smoke canisters going off for the first game of the season, you know, it was just electric. It was infectious. And you just wanted to be a part of that. You wanted to stay the full game, whether they won or not. You wanted to see how this was going to shake out because obviously Jacksonville was, was coming back hot and they were trying to get one back on us even in the first half. And there was like that, that period for about five or ten minutes where it was wave after wave of attack. And, you know, it was just a big deal, I think, to see TSC just kind of outlast that and, and take a 1-0 lead into the half. And so – um, really early on, just got the fans' excitement and, and really got the crowd behind them. Absolutely. And I think that's the key, right? Because that's who you're kind of drawn to because the small soccer nucleus that you have around this club, they're going to be with the club ride or die. Um, of course, you don't want to alienate them or go away from your base, of course, but they're going to be supporting regardless. But the non-soccer fan, potentially, the casual fan, the the general fan, man, that was huge. Get off the bat. Not only was it excite, a goal early, but exciting goal. Like you said, Trent, off a breakaway, and then he just chipped the keeper. Nasty finish from Cousin Cy uh, to put us up one nothing. But, yeah, absolute win. We had almost 1,000 people out there. Uh, was around the final count. Definitely over 900, we were told. Uh, but they had the party going, the food trucks. You know, we had the tailgate with Old Fields and My Fresh Pillow out there. Uh, the whole gang putting together a really good spectacle. Because that's what they want to do, right? They want to create a fun family atmosphere that you can go down there in the early afternoon, hang out for a couple hours, and then go see a bomb soccer game and have a really good time. Kids getting free, all that good stuff, man. Very friendly, very affordable, very great atmosphere that we saw down there. And uh, so I think check, check, check. You check all those boxes. Mission accomplished in that regard, uh, Trent, as far as the atmospheric concern. Uh, let's turn the tables a little bit. We'll keep it more big picture, but let's talk about on the field side. Um, you know, Jacksonville, top of the league last year. If you didn't catch episode 22 as we previewed the Jacksonville game, feel free to go back and check us out. Um, just, I guessed, right under this one here in the uh, YouTube channel, Trent. But we talked about it um, as far as our predictions. Top team in the table in 2021, just dominant last year, start to finish throughout the regular season. TSC able to get a tie out of it, um, which is um, I thought was pretty important, Trent. Talk a little bit about that as we look forward to the season because we're going to bring up the number 1.4 very, very often, folks. I'll give it to you now. If you don't know, we're going to talk about 1.4 and what that means. So basically with the standings, you want to get 1.4 points per game. Typically, it's a very high percentage of teams that are averaging 1.4 points per game in this league in this whole nationwide league make the playoffs and so three points for a win one point for a draw zero points for a loss if you're not aware so basically that means you win every other game would get you to 1.5 points per game so TSC trying to stay on pace so they need 17 points fictionally to kind of clinch the playoffs if they keep that 1.4 line Trent uh, but what does this draw mean for the big season outlook um, and how does this set up TSC going forward? Because you may think, okay, a draw at home, aren't you supposed to win home games? You know, isn't that the old adage that you guys talked about the last three episodes? What are you guys going back on it now? What's up with the flip-floppery, Trent? Um, but uh, I guess kind of big picture, 
about the draw here, Jacksonville, and how that sets up TSC going forward. Well, so a, a draw obviously gets us one point, and so one point is less than three, but it's a lot more than zero. And, <laughs> and last season, we only got zero points, you know, from both fixtures we played against the Armada. So now you get one off off rip, you know, first game of the season. You know, it's in front of your home crowd. We don't have our full team. We're not at full strength. They're not at full strength either. So that game in Jacksonville midweek on that Wednesday next month, that's going to be uh, very key for the rest of the season. But, you know, if, if we're able to get two points and we draw both games from uh, from the Jacksonville fixtures, I think that would build well for us. Because, again, this is a team that was at the top of the league last year. So, you know, if they're at the, they're the same caliber of team that they were last year, you know, we're already – getting our money's worth, for lack of a better term, if you will, against them. And so I think that's really going to boost our chances because not only does it give us a point or two in these two games now, um, but it also takes away points from them at the top. And so, you know, when we get down and they're playing uh, Southern States and they're playing AFC Mobile in New Orleans, just like we are down the stretch, you know, that might actually come into play that that we've drawn with them and, and potentially can – get a better seating in the playoffs if, if we're able to do well for the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, it, it's obviously big to get a point now and to be sitting at first in the table currently as we were the only two teams who played in the Gulf Coast Conference this last week. But, uh, you know, still a good feeling, still a good result. And, and it's just a result, man. It's not a loss. And I think that's the biggest thing we could take away because this team is such a perennial giant every year. They have such uh, strong D1 guys that come in and, and fill out their roster. Um, you know, you're just able to show that you can hang with them and you belong in this league with the best of them. Absolutely, absolutely. You look at it, Trent, and, I mean, we'll put it up on the screen, man. TSC currently, as it stands, tied atop of the Gulf Coast Conference table with Jacksonville. And that's the biggest thing. You talk about taking points away from them, Trent, currently – Two less than they had last year, and, of course, us having one more. So tied for first before everybody else plays. So hang our hat on that, Trent, that at one point we were tied for the league lead, uh, regardless of what happens down the stretch. But we will uh, try not to give that one up easily. So, of course, you talked about it. We were going over some big-picture activities. Trent, as we can kind of snap forward and get out of where we were as far as talking about the table and big picture stuff and get into a little more dialed up, zoom in um, a little bit more on the game. Do you want to talk about more? Do you want to get to the goals first? Do you want to talk about more uh, just kind of general things or kind of cool instances or moments that, that you caught throughout the game? We got to start with the goals, man. I was there's a lot that I could take away from that game, yeah. but those goals were fire. So um, I'll go ahead and start off with the first one, and I'll let you talk about the second uh, for TSC. So yeah, the first one we had uh, was a great ball from Charles Blankenship. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was his first start with the club, first one that I've seen since I've been around at least the last two years. Um, he got the ball. There was a tackle, and he receives the ball, and he turns. And Sai starts to make a run, and they're playing with three center backs, three defenders. And Sai almost does like a swim move past like the the one on the far side, just throws his arm around him, and just totally outruns the whole defense. Uh, Blankenship plays a great ball in between two defenders, and Sai's able to run onto it. The keeper actually comes out of the box, but he was just in no man's land. I mean, he couldn't touch the ball with his hand. He couldn't get in front of Sai and block him with his body. He couldn't kick it away, and so – 
size, just one-on-one with the keeper and just a flawless finish right past him, goes in the middle of the net. Nobody back there. He gets it past the keeper, and that's all he had to beat. So it was a very electrifying moment. You saw uh, on the, the goal on the broadcast, we actually zoomed in, and you could just see size and motion, and he got so hyped up. He just screamed, let's go, whenever Peralta, <laughs> the captain, comes up to him. And it was just a beautiful moment, man. It was just awesome having him back home. And, you know, I, I think he made the right decision, clearly, coming back to TSC, and, and he was rewarded for it 13 minutes in. Yeah, absolutely. Selfishly, of course, like we talked about, love to have him back and already paying dividends. Um, he's almost like a hired hand, Trent. Like you said, unable to Allen Iverson of uh, TSC. Talking about practice, Trent. Doesn't need no practice. Of course, coming in, meeting the team this year's generation of the team for the first time on Saturday, thrust into the starting lineup, ends up paying off only took 14 minutes for that front line to connect and make a big-time goal. So that was awesome to see. And uh, quick sidebar, apologies to Cy. We are aware UWF is a D2 school, not an NAIA. So just want to make that correction. So thank you for listening, uh, Cy, to the broadcast, to the podcast. But great to have you tune in. So quick sidebar there. Uh, But, yeah, getting back to it, that was a huge. Um, And then, of course, we took the early advantage, of course, over Jacksonville. Irides with a solo effort there for Jacksonville. He ripped one in the back of the net. That was just a great, um, basically, one-man show there. Just great fake off the throw-in, put it in the back of the net. We talked about it. He's the player to watch, right? He was the rock star that we thought Jacksonville would see. He ends up scoring one of two goals. Of course, he gets the back end one with the PK as his second um, but, you know, he was who we thought he was, Trent. So if you listen to episode 22, you already knew that. So don't tell us that you didn't or couldn't have known. Um, so that ties the score at 1-1 after that first three days goal. And I know you want to talk about that second goal, Trent. Okay, so we were tied 1-1. Answer, captain's goal from Joey P. Tell us about the buildup and the finish. So it was actually great build-up play, great pressure in the attacking third from Brian Don. He just got subbed on within five minutes before that. Uh, actually came off for Bennett Mitchell, who played a phenomenal game. Bennett Mitchell and Christian Benuck had an amazing connection the, the whole night. They were just the staggered defense, just overlapping and, and, and getting these guys. Uh, but but Don comes in, and he's doing the same thing that Mitchell was doing, but obviously he's a little bit more fresh in, in the 60th, 70th minute, wherever we were at at that time. And so he's given 110%, and him and Benuck end up getting the ball on the far side. Um, and, and Christian Benuck is, a, I believe, a predominantly left-footed player. And so he's got the ball on his left, and he's you know almost acting like he's looking for a shot. But he's got his head up at the same time, and he's looking for Peralta. He takes on like three guys and like shimmies around them. Just a perfect layoff. The ball almost comes to a dead stop right at the top of the box. Joey P, first time. Top of the net, back corner, upper 90. The keeper diving save, couldn't touch it. I mean, the, the crowd was insane. I lost my mind whenever we scored that goal. That was hands down my favorite TSC goal I've ever seen. And it was so cool seeing the captain, Joey P, obviously filling in for Fitzgerald currently. But, you know, somebody who's been with TSC from the very start, who's predominantly a defender, just scores such a flawless goal. Oh, man, I'll never forget it. Joey P, what a wonder strike, dude. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be one for the history books for sure. Uh, cool to see Joey P get the big payoff there, and that was an absolute nasty one. That put us up 2-1. 
Jacksonville later in the game, um, got the PK, ended up tying it up, which led to the 2-2 result. Trent, I know that's going to be a hot topic, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the PK. We'll keep it brief. Um, Justified call of a penalty, yes or no? Absolutely. I mean, it was tough. He was in the box. There were about four or five defenders around him. We we just made a little too much contact with him right there in the box and, and didn't get the ball first. And, you know, that's a PK. It was warranted. And, and the Redays put it home and 2-2. Two, two. That is what it is, you know. You win some, you lose some, you draw some. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think warranted contact, and so it goes. Obviously disappointing for TSC, but you got to admit reality when it's reality. And then a redace like we talked about. So we had Giovanni Brown. He scored two on us here at home last year. A redace comes over here, scores two on us. Luckily, we get a point out of the deal. But uh, he's a big-time guy, and he took care of business there for Jacksonville. Uh, Trent, like we talked about, once again, episode 22 flashback. Uh, that we talked about. Um, so, Trent, let's talk about a couple other big moments in the game. Um, I'll take one first. Um, just kind of big picture stuff. Obviously, we talked about kind of the atmosphere and what this looks like for the TSC teams. But how about Bennett Mitchell, his big return, man? Of course, got that broken foot against the roots. It was a nasty collision. He got stomped on. It was a, it was a tough play to watch, man. But all offseason, rehabbing, coming back, getting into fitness, and he put in a monster 60, 70 minutes here uh, on Saturday. Uh, he was just relentless, showed that grit, showed that effort. What we talked about with Coach Bruno back in Episode 21 of the podcast, Trent, of why he loves to include Bennett Mitchell in his lineup, man. He's a gritty attacking player. Uh, so one of my favorite moments uh, that went on during the game, to see him back in that big return and to see him come around almost an entire calendar year later um, and back into the action. So that was really cool for me, Trent. Any other moments that stuck out to you, I guess, kind of in-game uh, that that really kind of either touched you or that were just a thing and note that people might not have realized or the casual fan might not be aware of? Um, actually, I think it'd be something that the casual fan uh... – would grab onto and, and it would stick out to them. It was when Justin June during the second half was doing these Ronaldo esque step overs <laughs> down the sideline, like two or three in a row. And, and like, there was another time earlier in the game where I think he earned a foul after doing a couple. And so uh, just some really exciting dribbling. Uh, Levy Nasimba did that a ton last year and, and is one of the few players that uh, breaks that out of the bag and, and can use that effectively. A, a lot of people can do it, but you know, it, it doesn't, matter if if you get the ball taken from you nine out of ten times you do it so uh, to see him do it and to use it successfully multiple times throughout the game I thought was really cool everybody always loves to see a dribbler especially when it's successful and you know they can set up an open teammate because they are bringing on so much pressure themselves dribbling the ball so I thought that was a real exciting point to see in the second half as well yeah for sure I mean it adds entertainment value right and this is and TSC People talk about soccer and soccer being boring a lot of times, but P- TSC, for better or for worse, Trent, as we saw last year, they play an exciting brand of soccer regardless. Uh, so you saw a couple goals. You saw a couple goals go in. You saw moments of brilliance. You saw intensity, excitement, togetherness. Um, so you get a whole mixed bag. But TSC's going to give you a fun show regardless of the results. So, yeah, I like the sentiment there. Anything else you want to talk about the Jacksonville game, uh, Trent? Because we've got something exciting coming up that I think we're ready to get to, unless you're trying to hold up the bus. 
normally I wouldn't hold up the bus, but I will say uh, we did get the new gold jerseys. The players are rocking the new jerseys. I've actually True. obviously got the, the black and pink one on right now, which is amazing. And the most comfortable jersey, legitimately, I'm not just saying this. I'm not sponsored by TSC. This is the most comfortable jersey that I've ever owned and at a great price point, only $45. So if you're at the next home game, go down there, get your jersey. You'll feel and look great, and you'll be supporting the community. So why not? Absolutely. Or you can check them out online too, man. That, you get yeah. it before the next home game, tlhsoccer.com. Click that merch button. They'll be able to take care of business and get you everything you need, uh, Trent. But, yeah, that's basically all we got for uh, Jacksonville. We got our players of the game, men of the match, stars of the game upcoming. Come right on back after the break. All right, welcome back to the Tally SC Talk podcast. Like we talked about it, want to get into our stars of the game. Basically, Trent and I are going to give you each three players, um, and basically three stars, two stars, one star, three-star guy would be our unofficial man of the match. We know Joey P is the TSC man of the match, uh, but we want to give some shout-outs and some players and a, a nice little twist on the game recap, Trent, as we have been doing in the podcast uh, here when we do the game recaps. Uh, so give me... Uh, your one-star man of the match here from Saturday. I'll go with Christian Vanuck, the flag graduate. Um, he had the assist to Joey P. He played phenomenally with Bennett Mitchell, Ryan Daunt, and, and anybody else he was paired with up and down that sideline for the whole game. So I thought he played excellently and was a huge reason why we were able to come away with the draw. Absolutely. Yeah, for my one-star guy, I'm going to stick with TSC. Of course, you talked about the man of the match, scoring that big second goal, which helped lead us to a tie. Joey P was actually instrumental in that first goal as well. So shout-out to day one, Joey P. The turnover on the defense to get the entry ball into Blankenship that led to the through ball to Sai. So Joey P essentially got a hockey assist on that first goal. He was all over the place, of course, leading it. Captain on Saturday, kind of that defensive mid role for him. I liked that in this evolution of TSC's formation. I like Joey P in that defensive mid. Uh, so exciting to see what Bruno does with that going forward. But Joey P, uh, can't leave him out, man. Uh, so let's ratchet it up now. Intensity going up. Give me your two-star uh, man of the match, star of the match here, Trent. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bennett Mitchell. Uh, just a huge success to see him come back from such a tough injury last year to rehab and to be playing at essentially the same level he was playing at last year. I mean, I saw no drop-off at all. Last season, he was deployed a lot as an, uh, an outside back, either left or right. We saw him as an outside mid, and, and he is more of an attacking player, and so... It was just really exciting to see him with the ball and, and to work with Benuck and, and to have the, the overlaps and underlaps. And they, they just had a really good chemistry up and down the sideline, and I thought that was certainly one of the strengths for us as far as get, getting the ball back on defense and then moving it up forward and being uh, sending it up into the attack and, and getting side and everybody else involved. So I'm going to go with Bennett Mitchell, my two-star man of the match. Who do you have for your two-star man? There you go, two-star B, Mitch. Uh, well, I'm going to split it. I'm going to go unorthodox. I'm going to merge my two and one. So I didn't want to have four guys, right? So two and one, basically I had a tie for it. Give it to the center backs, man. And why that's so important, that's a point of need, point of emphasis. We talked to Coach Bruno in episode 21 of the podcast here preseason is we have to figure out the set center back positioning, especially with the loss of Sammy Frederick and kind of the mix-up on the defensive line. 
Robbins Pierre Chambers, both stepping into new roles, new appearances here for TSC. I thought those guys absolutely killed it. Love their dynamic, love the physicality, love the size, love the aggressiveness. They really locked it down. And them and Kastrua, great middle back end to the defense and goal. He did a great step in effort as well, did Kastrua. But I'm going to get my two and three combo star guys. So whether you want to do a 1A, 1B, or whether you want to do two and a half stars each, give it to Robbins Pierre and Chambers here for mine. So Trent, I'll leave you with a big finish. Three star man of the match. Who you got, man? The people already, the loyal listeners already know, but let's put it on record. Three star man of the match for you. Josiah doesn't sci-fi. No. <laughs> Absolutely a monster. I know we talked about the goal, but that's not indicative of his play the entire night at all. I mean, he was in the in the 90th minute. He he was still putting on the pressure on their back line, making them get rid of the ball. And, and I mean, just winning every header he could, trying to set up his teammates, played with his back to goal a lot, which we haven't seen him. And, and he just looked a lot stronger, a lot more fit. And he was just ready for this game, man. And, and I can't wait to see him with the rest of the lineup going forward this season. So three-star man in the match, cousin side. Great game, man. Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be a little easier drive for him coming out next weekend. Only have to go to Panama City uh, for the UWF Division II star athlete. Uh, so excited to see him. So that's what we got. Those are our one, two, three stars of the game. Uh, look forward to them next time to see how they do against the Roots. We're going to jump out for a quick break, and we will preview that Roots game briefly. It's coming up this Saturday. All right, welcome back to Tally SC Talk. Let's get into the Florida Roots preview. Of course, if you're unfamiliar, it's a team out in Panama City known as the Florida Roots. They're going to be our next game, first road game of the season. Uh, some interesting matchups uh, coming forward this Saturday. Of course, on the road, you always get a little bit of a mixed bag, but they've got a nice stadium out there, so it should be a fun atmosphere for those going. And then they'll also have an online stream, which we'll make sure to punch out to you for those that are out of town. Uh, so, Trent, uh, tell me a little bit about what we saw from the Roots last year, uh, both in the table and our two games against them back a season ago. So they finished eighth in the table. We were seventh. They had five points. We had 13. Uh, so there was a pretty sizable gap there between our two clubs. Uh, our first game on the road last year came this very game week two last season as well, and we tied them 3-3. Uh, that was just a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, we went up 2 nothing, and then we were tied, and then they were winning, and then we got a PK late because his cousin Sai drew a PK, and then we tied 3-3, and it was just crazy. Um, but it was uh, it was a good game. I remember you and I calling each other, and we were commenting on the game because they, they didn't have any commenters. I hope they have uh, a broadcast team this, this year, this week for the game, but if not, um, you know, maybe we'll uh, do that again. That's always fun, but... Uh, <laughs> We also played them, obviously, uh, home and away game slate. We played them at home later in the season and got them 3 nothing, and that was a really big game. Uh, we talked about that. We circled that one on our calendar. That was a must win, and we came out swinging for the fences. So uh, a good, good uh, series, I think, from our perspective with the Roots last year, a draw and a win, uh, a win at home and a draw on the road. That's what you want. But I'm feeling good about this this year. They've got a couple players we're about to talk about that, you know, could contribute to them scoring, you know, another three goals, but hopefully we'll be able to get another uh, win on them this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to be a little different. It's going to be kind of hard to figure out. They're under a new head coach, Coach Rick uh, Kinnenberg, this year. Um, so we're not seeing Coach Hammond. So we're expecting some changes, and they've been a little cryptic with what's coming out of the Panama City camp here, Trent. But we do know uh, the youth movement is on for the roots. We expect them to be up this year uh, for where they were last year, and it's large part to all the young players they have coming through. Great youth academy program over there, and that's going to be their base, right? That's going to be their three players, Andrew Beasley, David Bourne, Gabriel Gabo. Villafande, Vidal, I know I butchered that, so sorry in advance, big dog, um, but those are going to be the three bases that we know are going to be back, of course, the captain in Beasley, you've got a great defender in Bourne, I think he was an all-conference defender uh, from what I remember a season ago, um, but it's going to be a base of them, so solid uh, build-up and play from the captain Beasley, he's a great facilitator, he did some big things on the high school level, um, but I think the question marks is going to be the biggest thing, what's going to be their approach? One of their big weapons was Ricardo Smith, the big number nine, playing the number nine position. The center striker loved to go back to goal, just physically imposing, and uh, did some big-time things. He actually scored the goal that gave them the lead in that game last year. So you talked about the crazy game. We were up 2 nothing four minutes into that game, Trent. Twelve minutes into that game, we were tied 2-2. So we were averaging a goal between the two squads every three minutes. Absolutely crazy. Ended up trailing that one. We got a late PK uh, from Schmoker to at least give us a point getting out of there against a crazy Panama City squad uh, at night out there on the beach, dude. It got kind of wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of question marks. So will we see Smith back? He's uh, a big player, former experience with the Jamaican national team, and you could tell just the pedigree he had. Uh, a couple players, I remember uh, Relas and Hel Relas from the team as well. And there are a couple other guys that we may see back. But, once again, we talked about Coach Rick stepping in and so potential changes and also, you know, keeping it tight to the vest um, have been the Florida roots. Uh, so it'll be interesting to watch here going forward. Um, but one thing we do know, Trent, it will be an 8-5-0 cup game. So just recap us, uh, what is the 8-5-0 cup and uh, why is that important? Because what essentially uh, does the 8-5-0 cup create here, almost like a sub-conference of the conference, I guess, if you could say. Um, here for us, but uh, tell us a little bit about the A50 Cup that we will be playing with the Roots. Yeah, so you could say that, you. Uh, it is uh, kind of uh, an interdivisional league, if you will, within the Gulf Coast Conference of the MPSL South region uh, between Pensacola, Panama City, Roots, uh, and and ourselves. And so this is these are three teams in the A50 area area code, and we have an A50 Cup that's actually on display. Uh, in our stadium, I don't know if it was on display for all of the games, but I know whenever we played the Roots at home last year, we did have that on display. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be able to bring that home this year. Pensacola got that last year. Uh, but but this is the first game in the A50 Cup uh, for any of the, of the three teams. And so we've got a chance to go ahead and get a leg up on both of the other two, especially the Florida Roots, if we can get a, a win against them. But, uh, you know, a draw on the road would be huge, and we could always get the win on the back end. But Definitely don't want to leave any points on the table, especially after leaving a couple there to Jacksonville. So, yeah, I think we're going to come out strong and hot, and we're going to be ready to bring this hardware home, man. 
There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, 850 Cup, really fun. Of course, some good fellow fan bases here, all three of us in the 850 area code, Pensacola, The Roots. Uh, really fun atmosphere, and it, it essentially like piggybacks on top of rivalry slash creates rivalries, and all the fan bases and all the clubs really got into it and embraced it really well. Of course, like you said, PFC winning it last year, uh, so it currently is being held in Pensacola, but between the six games of the three teams that they will each be playing each other, the two that we play each of those guys, and then the two that they play each other will all be tallied up. So hopefully we're able to get out of it uh, in the triple rivalry, the triad of rivals, if you will, the double derby matches, um, and come out of there and bring back some goods for TSC this year. But it'll be a really fun one at the Roots. Uh, was last year, hoping to replicate that again this year. Uh, Trent, that's pretty much all we got. Like we said, we told you we were going to keep it brief. Anything else you want to touch on, kind of Jacksonville, Florida roots, or anything before we go and uh, head on out of here? I'm uh, great, man. Just excited for this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. So hoping for a big three points for TSC. Kickoff will actually be 8 o'clock since it's in the central time zone. 8 o'clock Eastern time Saturday. Uh, we'll try to put out the feed info um, if you liked. The uh, content that we had out here today, feel free to like and subscribe, man. Uh, help us get the more content, get out there and get some love to these players and people out in the area. Uh, the coverage that TSC deserves. So thanks for coming aboard. If you got questions, comments, or a segment you'd like to see from us, hit the mailbag, tallyscTalk at gmail.com. But for here, the episode 23 post-Jacksonville pre-roots episode this has been Andrew Dupe alongside with my boy Trent Young. So thank you for coming aboard with us. Have a great rest of your week, and get ready for big game day on Saturday. Heading on the road.